If you hadn't figured it out, we're talking about joy today. Look at somebody and say, you got joy. Now, that was only about 10 of you. Everybody has joy in here that's born again. Okay? Don't sell yourself short. Every child of God has joy. I don't feel like it, Pastor. I don't tell you. It's in film, honey. Well, we're going to help you today. Amen, amen. So joy is a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, I could get up here and tell jokes and make you happy, but happy is, happiness is fleeting. We're talking about joy. There's a difference. You know, when you're a kid, you're happy birthday. It's the greatest day of your life. You're getting cake and ice cream and man. But then when you get older, you're like, this is depressing. <laughs> happy birthday, nothing. I don't want to count them anymore. One of my favorite past preachers, uh, he's an evangelist, and his wife turned like 60 or whatever. I think it was 55, and she was depressed it was her birthday, and they went to bed that night, and, and he rode over and was going to sleep, and she, was, <laughs> she goes, how does it feel to be married to an old woman? And he goes, God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> no encouragement whatsoever, huh? Romans 4, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That's fleshly stuff. What kind of house and car you drive. But the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. Everybody say joy. joy. In the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm not going to talk about certain things today, but the Bible says you can leap for joy. And you need to do that. Some of y'all need to do that. Get that Eeyore complex out of you. Everything's terrible. And so, you know, when, when joy comes, you know, the Bible says that by the answer of your mouth, you can bring joy. In Proverbs, what you say can stop your joy or bring joy. Words are powerful. But in, uh, in Hebrews 1, 9, it says, and this is God. He prophesied this, I believe in Isaiah, but Hebrews brings it out. So you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And he's, he's talking about Jesus who's coming. And he goes, therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions and anointed uh, by anointing you with the oil of joy. How I many know oh, Jesus had joy? And we'll bounce through one and two pretty quick because you're supposed to know all this if you've been in church at any time in your life. You know, Jesus has provided everything. The problem is, is us getting it. You know? And, uh, you know, mama taught you to use a spoon so you can get the milk and the cereal to your mouth. Well, as a Christian, we need to be using a spoon, too, to get every drop of God that God has for us. And so, number one, why is joy important? Mm-hmm. Joy is important. Remember, joy is not happiness. Joy is spiritual. Joy is a spiritual force. Hey, joy is a spiritual force. Just let that sink in just a minute. It don't come from here, and it don't come from out here. It does not come from out like that new car smell. It doesn't bring joy because when you start thinking about the payments, your joy is gone. Been there. 
New car, no car, nothing. It's not joy. It's from the inside. It's spiritual. It's a part of you because God's given it to you, and we'll show you that in just for in a second. You know, and I'm not going to talk about Nehemiah uh, 10. You know, Nehemiah talked about in 8:10, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and it is. It is. If you have joy, you have strength. No joy, no strength. You're wet dish rag. Tossed around by everything that's going on in the earth today. So here's what I want us to get out of this verse in, in Romans 15, 13. In joy, there's hope. This is your number one is your faith lesson today. Look around and say, this is your faith lesson. Hope is expectation. Faith receives expectation. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, hoped for. What are, you, what are you hoping for? What do you have expectation of? I hope, you know, I hope I get paid at the end of the week after working all week. If you don't have faith for that, you're going to quit. Let me give you another earthly example. Uh, football. I know we got Georgia. I know we got Dallas Cowboys. I know we got Pittsburgh Steelers fans in here. Huh? Yeah. You can shout out. Has anybody else got a football team in here? Yell it out. Don't raise your hand. LSU. Hell, he's pointing at me. So, so, so let's say the game starts. Give you a, 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 what expectation and hope is about. And your team scores, and I don't care if you're in your bedroom watching it or on the couch at the house. When your team scores and you're watching it on TV, woohoo! Why? Because you have expectation that they're going to win. That's hope. Even if they're behind by 40 and they score at the end of the game, woohoo! We got hope for next time. Do you know there are battles in life? And the only way you're going to win is if you've got hope. And joy is your strength because it brings hope in rough situations. If you hadn't figured it out, life's hard. Oh, if I was just like you, Pastor, I'd just everything be caking. You don't want to be me. I had a lady because my wife dresses me now. I said, you don't know what it's like to be poor. I said, are you kidding me? Man, we live so far back in the woods and, and you know, no, no money, no food. Didn't know we was poor. We had plenty to eat. May have been peas and cornbread. But my point is, is you don't judge people by what, you know what? If I see somebody looking good, I want to be like them. And when I look at Jesus, I want to be like him. So my hope is in Jesus Christ, not in you, me, or my football team. My hope's in Jesus. Therefore, my faith is in him. But when you start looking at what everybody else has, you get in trouble. Look at, look at Romans um, 15, 13 in the Amplified. It said, may the God of hope fill you, say, fill me, with all joy and peace in believing. Let's stop right there. Remember Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. May the God of hope fill you with joy because he knows when you got joy, you got hope. 
And then you'll have peace in believing. See, peace follows believing. When you know, how do you know you're in faith? You have peace. How do you know you got hope? I got joy. This is going to work out for me. I got joy. It's going to work out. Hey, even if I die, it's going to work out. I'm going to heaven. Hey. And so through experience of your faith that the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound. You will abound in hope and overflow with confidence, which is faith, in his promises. Man, that's, one of the, that's a great scripture right there. But joy brings hope. And so we're talking about joy, and we need to dig in. Number two, Jesus brought joy. We know that, right? Jesus brought joy. Why? Because he wanted us to have joy. Not happiness, but joy. In John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you. Say, spoken to me. These things he has spoken to me that his joy, that my joy may remain in you. Say, in me. It's not out there. It's in me. In John 17, that your joy may be full. How about that? Is anybody full of joy? You notice that when I'm talking about full of joy, you know it's not silly. You know, that's happiness. You have everything in life coming against you, and you can still have joy. In John 17, 13, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world. Notice he said, I have spoken to you. Now he's praying to the Father. These things I speak into the world. Jesus' words have been spoken into the world. Why? That they may have my joy. The more you know what Jesus said, the more joy you're going to have. Amen. Right here, I got two. rest of you are like, what? Quit concentrating on lunch. Listen just for a few more minutes. Jesus brought joy through the words he spoke. The more word that you have in him, in you, the more joy you're going to have. Because his word is how you fight the devil. And see, these are powerful. In verse 14, I've given them your word. He's talking to God. I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Don't expect the world to agree with you. When you start doing the words of Jesus, they're going to think you're nuts. And you don't have to act like a nut because, look, they're calling everybody nuts today. So we can't, we can't please those people. Who are we trying to please? God, Jesus. So we want his word, and that way we'll have joy no matter what. Say, I want joy. Well, you've got it. Number three, salvation brings joy. We're going to dig in a little bit here. Anybody saved in here today? All right. Happiness comes from without, but joy comes from within. We're going to show it to you uh, pretty strong right here. Jesus went to the woman at the well. Everybody heard that story? This woman went to draw some water, and Jesus sitting there and sent the disciples into town to get something to eat. And this woman's drawing water, and, and uh, he said, give me a drink. And she goes, you're going to talk to me? I'm an outcast. I'm not, I'm not even a part of your culture. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. And Jesus starts talking to her about the water that he has to drink. And she's like, you, you're nuts. You don't even have a bucket, a cup, or nothing to drink with. But Jesus is talking to, him about, talking to her about spiritual things. John 4, 14. 
But he says, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst. But the water that I shall give them will become in them a fountain or a well. Another translation said a well on the inside of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, I did this because in you, in your salvation package that we preached about three Sundays ago, you have a well of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you. And what's in that well? I'm glad you asked. Galatians 5.22 is in that well. And the fruit of the Spirit in that well is love. Number two, joy. How come joy is number two? Because you need the joy of the Lord. You know, the love, love is a spiritual force. God's love is a spiritual force. God's love is not pity, it's compassion. Then there's a difference. You have pity for somebody, you give them $10, $20, you give them something, but they're still walking away. But when you have compassion, you want to change their life. Jesus wanted to change lives. He came to change our lives. He came with the love of God to change our life. And if we lose our focus, then we lose our focus on his love. We lose our focus on his joy. But look, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the next one, gentleness, self-control. Against there is no such law. Self-control, all these things are in you, Christian. They're in you. You got to develop them. Go after them. Focus on them. Look at them daily. Thank you, Father, for love, for joy, for peace, for gentleness, kindness, goodness, meekness, all these things. Nine of them. Oh, they're on the inside of you. But you know what happens? See, the Bible says that the old way of life keeps creeping back up on us. The Bible calls it your carnal man, your flesh. And you know what? He gets in the well, he contaminates the water. Hmm? Your flesh will contaminate the water of your life. You ever met anybody angry all the time? No gentleness, no long-suffering. Hmm? In Isaiah 12, 2, Look at what it says right here. And where's that well? Where's your well? Inside you. Your, in your spirit. The Bible says the belly of a man is a candle of the Lord. But look, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah or Yahweh, the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Everybody, everybody saved? Say amen. I'm saved. And if you're not, say oh me. You can at the end of the service today. We want you to get saved. Will we be excited about it? But look, says, therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Where's joy come from? The well. Not out there. It's not on TV. It's not in the news. It's not in pornography. It's not out there. It's not in drugs. It's not in alcohol. It's not out there. It's in here. Come on. This is where you're going to get your joy. It's in salvation. It's in the package. It's in you. It's in that well on the inside of you. And you need to be chasing that joy. Come on. Happiness is fleeting. And I'm not saying the Bible talks about laughter is like a medicine. I'm not saying that you need to be laughing. It's like a medicine. I know people that have been healed from laughing. 
And the people who are very, very sick, if they'll put the three stooges on, they'll feel better. I know from personal experience, some of my family members who are, are literally dying, but they'd sit down and say, watch this movie with me. And they have watched it 15 times, but it brought strength to them because it brought happiness. And, it, uh, and there was joy there in it. And they were laughing at something that was off the wall secular. But we got to be spiritual, hallelujah. No, you don't. I know Jesus laughed at the 12 guys he had walking with him. You got to be mistaken if you think Jesus was somber and all that. Those guys were nuts, half of them. They were just like us. We're off too. But thank God Jesus is merciful to all of us, even his 12. Come on, Jesus cares about every last one of us, and he wants to build us up and strengthen us, and joy is the way he does it. In Acts 8, 8, when, when Philip went down to Samaria, he was preaching in the city, and people got saved, and the Bible says right there, there, were great joy. there was great joy in the city. Great joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in that well. Number four, we're going with this is an ugly one right here. Obedience brings joy. You mean we got to do something, Pastor? You mean we got to do something? Yes. But I'm just giving you a couple of examples. Jesus told a parable about uh, a, a man leaving the country and he left money with his three servants. And he said, take this money, and he goes, and make money for me. And to the first one, he gave uh, five talents. To the other one, three. And the last one, he gave one. Okay? And we know if you've heard the, you know, the, the parable, the, one, uh, the first two doubled it, their talents. They're, they doubled the money. And the last one said, I'm too scared to do anything with it because I'm just going to hide it. But look at Jesus' response in Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, the Bible says, Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That's in James. That's in your notes, too. James 1 and 22, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, that we have to be doing it. But I want to back up to what Jesus said. And, and I want, I'll give you an example. But in Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, he said, more than that, blessed, everybody say blessed, blessed, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Anybody want to be Blessed. I do, then I got to start hearing the word and keeping it in my heart and then doing it. You ever met somebody that could tell you the word, but they didn't live it for nothing? I knew this man that was an alcoholic, and he would get drunk every day, and when he got drunk, he wanted to preach to you, make you sick to your stomach, make you want to punch him in the mouth. Shut up. You are drunk, and you want to preach? But it was a religious spirit. Listen, we want to be real. Christians, be real. Look, Peter struggled. Paul struggled. Jesus struggled. 
what? He was perfect. He went to the cross perfectly for you, took that struggle, and bore it himself. And it's not in your notes. If you got your pen, James 1 and uh, 2 talks about count it all joy. Count it all joy when you have trials. What? Or temptations. Or trouble. Count it all joy. What? Count it all joy. I'm going to use a sports analogy again. Do you know we practiced in basketball when I was in high school back in 1819 when they invented it? And we practiced all week long. We was tired of practicing. But the trial came on game day. The trial came on game day when we faced our arch nemesis, whoever we were playing. Whoever shows up at your door bringing evil, that's your enemy. And now you're being tested. Trials, tested, temptation comes from the enemy, not God. It wasn't God who tested Jesus out 40 days in the desert. It was the enemy. And Jesus answered him with the word of God. Jesus was tested and he was tempted and he had trouble. Why do you expect you're not going to have any? So when game day came, we put on our game face. We put on our uniform. Do you know Christianity? You have a uniform? It's called the armor of God. It's on you right now. Trouble is, we take it off. And then the battle comes, and we're not wearing our armor. Get kicked in the shin because we don't have our boots on. Breastplate of righteousness covers your back, too. The Bible talks about flaming arrows. Has anybody ever been embarrassed? Has anybody ever been ashamed? Has anybody ever had been called names? Has anybody ever been picked on? You know, Jesus was, did all, went through all that so you could have joy, that you could cast all that away. The fiery darts of the wicked. Anybody coming through the mouth of somebody, somebody you know. The devil use anybody. Anybody. Put your armor on. Keep your armor on. Don't take it off. I don't feel like being saved today. Don't care if you feel like it or not. Wear that helmet. Wear that helmet. You ever seen a football team and the guys are headbutting one another so excited and one guy forgets he don't have a helmet on? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a coach do that one time. Cut him and everything else. But game day is coming, people. If you may be in the midst of the biggest game battle you've ever been in in your life. God's your help. God's your strength. God's your steel. There can be joy in the battle. Man, that's when it was fun. We couldn't wait for game day. But you know what the problem is, is we need a miracle, and we wait till we need a miracle, and we never practice. We never practice how to receive a miracle. We never practice our faith. We never build our hope. We never build our faith. We never release our faith for simple things and small things. And then when something big comes and we got to have God, we don't have anything to stand on. It's too late to pour a slab when the water's this deep. And it's too late to learn how to swim when the water's this deep. You got to learn how to swim in the bathtub first as a toddler. You got to learn how to swim in the swimming pool. 
And when they throw you in the lake, you, got, you know how to swim now. You know how to float now. Why, what about being spiritual? We just expect God to do it. I'm waiting on him. Come on, God. Do something. He told you to do it. I gave, I've given you my word. I've given you my name. It's like a credit card. I've given you my blood to back the word. I've given you my promises. I've given you love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. And it will help you overcome because they're a spiritual force to be reckoned with in the spiritual realm. The, the joy of the Lord will, will come and, and combat the stuff that's going on up here. We're not going to make it. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this? All the what ifs. We have to learn to focus, but be a doer and count it all joy. Joy, ha, 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 I'm well equipped. Ha, 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 devil, you've messed up. Number four, let's hang out. I mean, number five, let's hang out on number five. Why don't I have joy? You do it, but maybe it's not manifest in your life, Christian. Why? Well, I'm going to give you an example. In Mark 4 is probably the one of the greatest, if not the greatest parable that there is, and I'll, I'll tell you why, but Jesus told a story or a parable, and, and uh, he said, a sower went to sow. And some fell by the wayside, and as he cast the, you know, the, 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 the seed, some fell on stony ground, and some fell among thorns, and some uh, talks about fell on the good ground. And so the disciples like, what, what, what are you talking about, Jesus? Uh, tell us, explain this to us. And so we're going to read the explanation in Mark uh, 4.13. And he said to them, that's why I said this is probably the greatest parable. He said, do you not understand this parable? And how will you under then how will you understand? Then how will you understand all parables? Then how will you understand all parables? That's how important this is. The next verse, verse 14. And he said, the sower sows the word. Say, I'm a sower. Everybody in here is a sower. You're sowing something. You're sowing something. Or you're receiving something that's being sold into you from the TV. Come on. Look at the next verse, verse 15. These are the ones who are beside the road when, when he's casting out. You know, has anybody ever dug in a, a dirt road where some, the car's been driving for a long time? Hoo-wee. Put me in the field. Because it is tough digging. And so, and so he said, these are fell by the wayside where the word was sown. And when uh, they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word where it has been sown to them. Because it don't, can't grow there. Listen, Satan's coming to steal this word today. When you go to lunch, you're going to get into it because he's going to steal the joy that I'm putting in you. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Your wife's going to say something about how your hair's messed up. And you're going to like, don't talk to me like that. I ain't looking at them. They act like I was talking to them. Let me look over this way. <laughs> it happens to me too. He comes to steal this word. I've been fighting depression since Friday because I knew I was preaching this word because he's like, you don't want to say that. He's trying to talk me out of preaching this. Amen. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Come on. 
And so immediately Satan comes to steal the word. He's coming to get the word from you. He's trying to distract you from what you have. He has no weapons other than distraction to keep your focus off of God, off of Jesus, and off of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Look at the next verse. And then in similar way, these are the ones that fell among the, the seed went, well, excuse me. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they heard the word, immediately they received it with joy. Go get them, pastor. Woo, yeah, hallelujah. I like that. But there's some people just do it, just to be doing it. Because the next verse says, they receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, but they are temporary. They're only temporary. They're here on a Sunday, but nothing on a Monday, nothing on a Tuesday, nothing on a Wednesday, nothing on a Thursday, nothing on a Friday, nothing on a Saturday, only on Sunday. So, everybody, we're not going to eat this week. We're not going to feed ourselves. We're just going to eat on next Sunday. Now, some of y'all getting mad already. <laughs> but you're not feeding your spirit. We feed our body. And we feed our mind probably the wrong stuff. But we have to start feeding our spirit, man, the Word of God. Yeah. That's where our strength comes from, where our joy comes from, where our hope comes from, where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, and we're looking for Him. Reckon He's going to come from the west or is he going to come from the east no he's going to come from within because you're going to put the word in you you're going to live by this word and you're going to be rooted and grounded and firmly established in god but people are you know they're when affliction and persecution come well i knew that stuff didn't work i knew it didn't work they said god will help me in i've never seen him help me do help me do nothing but our god is mighty but our God's mighty on the inside of you. Come on, your help's not coming from out there. Yeah, it's coming, but he's already on the inside of you. That, that scripture where it said, my help comes from the Lord, I look to the hills. Well, they had to because they, he, God wasn't on the inside of them in the Old Testament. He's on the inside of you, saint. He's on the inside of you, Christian. And he rises up on the inside of you. And yeah, he'll come on the outside of you as well. But you've got him every day, child of God. Your salvation's within you. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, and kindness. And so what do we got to do is we got to focus on him. Next verse, real quick. And, and, and others are the ones who were sown or with seed among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But in verse 19, the worries, 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 worries about my kids or my house, my job, my car, my whatever worries of, of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things. Desire, oh, how come you got some beautiful blue hair? I don't have beautiful blue hair. I need to get me some, yeah. <laughs> we compare ourselves to other people. Comparison. When you need to be looking at the God on the inside of you. Amen. You want the outside to change? It comes from in here. Deceitfulness of riches, you chasing money, I don't care how much you got. People can chase money whether they don't have anything, and they become their God. I've seen people who had nothing in here, got a million dollars, and it was gone. Quick. How does that happen? They have no foundation in here. Now I'm getting off here. 
But look at all these things. Choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Remember what the fruit's on the inside of you? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is in you. But the things of this world will choke and you will become unfruitful. We're, letting, we're chasing the wrong thing. We're chasing the wrong things. We want to be fruitful in this life for God. We want to have the peace of God, the joy of God. We've got to start chasing God. Make his word worth it. You know, you can put it on, it, you got a phone, you got a, everybody in here probably got a smartphone, but maybe two. You get a Bible app for free. And you can play it on the way to work. And you can put the word of God in you. And where do I start? The book of John. Stay out of the Old Testament until you get the New Testament solid in you. Because we're New Testament people. We don't live in the Old Testament. We live in the New Testament. We're under grace and mercy and the power of the Spirit and the love of God and the joy of God, the peace of God, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. So we want to be fruitful. Do you see what's hindering you from being fruitful? Don't, yell, don't raise your hand. Don't yell it out. But there are things in our life that will make us unfruitful. Amen? Yeah, I say, but you're talking about them. That's all right. We're going to write down Hebrews 12, 2, and 3. We're going to read this, and we're going to close. But I want you to start looking at your life. Because the Holy Spirit gave me this two weeks ago, that we need some joy up in here. We need joy in the house. This is the house right here. This is where your joy lives. This is where your joy comes from. Look at this. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Here's your answer. Fixing your eyes on football, fixing your eyes on the March Madness, fixing, fixing your eyes on your job, fixing your eyes on your wife and how she can't even boil water. I don't know if she don't cook me nothing. <laughs> fixing your eyes on your husband. He ain't got no hair on, no, his hair too prettier than mine. I don't like my husband. You know, you can't fix your eyes on anything but Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. The author and the perfecter of your faith is Jesus. For, listen, for who the joy that was set before him, everybody say the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Wait a minute. One of the most horrible deaths that you can die, he went to the cross because of the joy that was set before him. despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know why he had joy? He knew that he was kicking the devil's teeth and that he was dying for you and me to receive him and that he has won the victory. When you sit down on your throne, you're the king. He's our king and he has won. He's my champion. My basketball teams fail me. My football teams fail me, but Jesus don't fail me. He's the champion. He won. I wasn't there when he was crucified 2,000 years ago, but he's my champion. Look at the next verse. For consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you take your eyes off what Jesus has done, you will get weary and you will lose heart. It's time to start serving him. See, if you'll take a step towards him, the Bible says that he takes a step towards you. Every step you take, he gets closer and closer. 
draw near to God and he will draw near unto you. Today it's time to renew that commitment to God and draw close to him. Draw closer. You're focused on what you don't have. It's time to focus on what we do have in Christ. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. There's a, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And Jesus came and made the way for us to have heaven on earth. It can begin. Yeah, yeah, we have people that will pray for you. I'm just going to say this real quick. And then there was a pastor I heard the other day or last couple of weeks ago. He's on the Gulf Coast, Florida, I think, in the panhandle. Got five churches he's over in the midst of a multi-million dollar uh, building program. And the builder quit on him, didn't finish the job. He had to sue him, brought another builder in. Everything wasn't right. They had to redo all that. We're talking in the millions, you know, not new commode, you know. It's talking millions. He got the pressure of life on him for that. Hurricane comes and damages all five buildings. The one their building's done, their main campus is almost destroyed, has a personal tragedy in his family. We think we got it bad, huh? All these things happened. And he was encouraging other pastors. He got to a place, but he did a phone call. Nothing wrong with calling somebody. I need some help. But there's time to get pulled up and get on your feet and start looking at Jesus for yourself because everything else is a distraction. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord and King today, I want you to give your heart to him. Everybody bow your heads just for a second. Jesus came to give you all these things. If you're not a child of God today, today's the day. Will you give him your heart? If that's you, say, Pastor, pray for me. Just lift your hand. We want to pray for you. If you've never given Jesus your heart before, I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? So maybe you're here and you say, man, I've been eaten up by life. I know I'm a child of God, but I've been eaten up and I've lost my focus. I want to pray for you too. Will you lift your hand? Say, that's me, Pastor. I see that hand. God's going to set you free. I see that hand. I see your 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 hand. Life can be cruel. Life can be hard. And it doesn't mean you're weak. It just means we lose our focus. And we need to turn our eyes back on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. For you who've lifted your hand and Jesus to receive Jesus for the first time, I want everybody to pray with them and say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die from on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name.
Now everybody look at me. There's everybody in here. We all have issues. So pray this with me, and we can do it with our eyes open. Say, Father, I come, and I turn my focus on you. You're my strength, my helper, my God. Holy Spirit, rise in me, stir in me, live big in me, fill me full of joy, love, and hope today and tomorrow and for the rest of my life. And I praise you for it. In Jesus' name.